Hello, everyone. This is Matter Chatter Podcast with Hunter Lind. And Jeff Lind. This is episode number two of Matter Chatter. And today's topic is going to be about music. Yes, music. And uh, both me and my dad here uh, have quite a background in music. Um, I started listening to music ever since I was a kid. Uh, You would play uh, the albums that you made back when you were a teenager and with your friends in the car and introduced me to all kinds of music uh, growing up. And uh, yeah. Yeah. The thing about music for me personally is it really resonates with me internally, with who I am emotionally, in my soul, deep down. I can really feel uh, the energy from music. And sometimes music can actually make me remember smells or uh, where I was the first time I heard a song or if it was an impressionable concert that I went to or maybe just hanging out with friends and you hear a song and you can just relate hanging out with your friends and what you were doing at the same time every time you hear that song. Yeah, um, I can I can relate to that. I think I think there's a lot of music and a lot of songs and albums and stuff like that that bring me to a point in time or allow me to get a feeling. Um, I, I certainly, I wouldn't say that I feel music in my soul, like you said. Um, I love music. I love music a lot. I think it's a part of what makes us as a society very interesting because it's something that we've poured a lot of money and time and effort into as, as a society. Well, music, yes, it, it is an industry in and of itself, you know, socially. But I think music goes way beyond that. I mean, before you could monetize music, it was not just an art form. It was actually part of every culture that has ever been in history. They have some form of music that they relate to. And you can relate that style of music or genre of music, if you will, to that culture. You know, it could be something very primitive um, where it's mostly drums, but some drums or when you bang on something, it has a tonal quality. So each culture tends to bring out those types of things to help amplify their culture, what it what that culture sounds like. Uh, I think Cuban music is a very good example of that. Because if you hear, uh, whether it's somebody driving in their car and you hear the thumpity thump of the music, you can kind of tell just by the beats or the accents of the, the low or the, the one beat, either the big boom, what type of music it is. You know, because if you're listening to, say, rap, it usually has multiple booms. Like, it's not a boom, cha, boom, cha, boom, cha. It doesn't have a steady, constant beat. It's boom, 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 boom. You know, it, it's, it's very cut up and syncopated. So it's not so much about having a melody or whatnot about it. So, I mean, to me, I, I like music. What resonates with me is music that has a melody, something that you can relate not just lyrically with the melody, but also instrumentally. 
you know, I, I'm, an, I'm a guitarist. You know that, mm-hmm. son. Uh, but the listeners may not know that about me. I've been a guitarist. I'm 54 years old. I started playing self-taught at the age of 10. And it, it just, there's something about the guitar that I just enjoy. I love it. I love the expressiveness of it. Whereas a piano or a keyboard, uh, it has limitations with what you can do with a single note. Guitar, you can bend it, you can shake it, you can play it loud or soft. You know, the only thing a piano can do, in my understanding, is you can uh, change your sustain, you can change your attack, but you can't really alter the wave pattern of that note like a guitar can. Guitar can sing a little bit better than piano. Yeah, I'm I'm a guitarist too. Um, I've only got a couple years of doing it. I, I mostly did it in a church environment, and I also sang with it and just had a very interesting relationship with a guitar. I always related it with um, singing. I think I think the acoustic guitar goes hand in hand. Like you said, it's it's a voice. It has a voice of its own. Well, you originally started out by taking some piano lessons which was short-lived. I think you just didn't have a fascination or an affinity to that instrument. Yeah. And when you started uh, in middle school, you actually started playing the bass in the band. Yeah. I remember getting your first bass. It was a little Fender Squire bass. Uh, I think it was a a P bass, a precision bass. And... uh, I think you did pretty well with that. You know, even though you were you were learning some pretty basic rudimentary things about how to read music for the bass, that instrument, and how to apply it. And then you started getting involved with other people outside of playing in a band, a school band, you know, in the church or wherever. And uh, then you started picking up the guitar because you've had a guitar for a very long time but just never picked it up. I never pushed you to try and play it yeah uh, until you decided that you wanted to give it a shot and then i was showing you some basic chords and whatnot until you were able to work on those things and you started going on youtube or whatever online to kind of expand your vocabulary on the instrument yeah i definitely think that there has been a jump between what being self-taught nowadays means compared to what it meant for you growing up because I've I've got the internet, I've got YouTube, I've got a lot of people who uh, who teach through online means and through uh, the web. So I, I think calling myself self-taught is a bit of a stretch. But yeah, I think you and YouTube and the web have had a very significant impact on the way that I learn to play music. For me, specifically, I love music with a message. Um, Don't particularly have an opinion about the music itself. You mean the instrumentation? Yeah, yeah. I I tend to love it when an artist or a songwriter can make you feel what they're feeling or can express through words or through lyrics 
what they're going through. Right. I mean, and, and that's kind of like uh, an extension of what poetry is. You know, you're adding lyrics to music, which is it could not necessarily be a poem, but you're you're having a written word or in most modern music. It's not melody lines that are concentrated on more of a spoken word in time, you know, so there, there's things that do rhyme, but it's not necessarily intentional. It's about it's more about that message that you're talking about. And some of some of the messages nowadays in music are pretty hardcore. Like yeah. I mean, some of the music gets right down to the nitty gritty. It cuts to the chase. There's no trying to paint paint a picture that uh, you know that you could mistake for meaning something else. You know exactly what those words are directed at. You know, a lot of the older music, like when I was growing up, they had different connotations towards some of the lyrics. So. A song that you listen to may sound like it's a love song, but if you really listen to or read just the lyrics in and of itself, it's not really just talking about a love story. You know, there's more involved with it. So it's really up to the interpretation of the listener at any given time, whatever you're dealing with, it can speak to you emotionally. And I think with some of these newer artists that are coming out that have these very pointed uh, meanings to their lyrics, it really resonates with the the climate, especially socially nowadays. You know, it's it's very almost toxic, if you will. So there's a lot of stuff that stirs within the youth and the millennials that they really gravitate to that. And as you said, it's not necessarily the musicality of it. It's it's what the message is. Yeah, I, I totally I totally agree. Uh, there are a lot of artists that that just get straight to the chase, but I think that with <clears throat> with the internet and with the the ability to share your thoughts, I mean, even the way that we are right now through podcasting, people have been doing it with music and posting it online through YouTube, through SoundCloud, through gosh, I don't really know many of the other forms of getting music out other than those two. But there are plenty of people who create music who aren't even that popular and they are they i think i think we live in a day and age where we we like to get straight to the point we like to get straight to the nitty-gritty because we live in a day and age where we feel like we have such little time to get our points across so just let's just get to the chase i think the the big thing with most of the current uh, music that people listen to Again, there's not a whole lot of melody involved with it. And if, if there is, it's like very repetitive. So there's not a lot of different movements within the music. You know, if you you listen to old style music, whether it's classical or big band type music or stuff from the 50s as rock and roll was starting to develop, blues, they have certain qualities about the way that the songs are written and developed where they, they actually have a theme, and they always go back to that same theme. To me, uh, some of the modern music never leaves that theme. So there's not a lot of different movements. It's like it always stays on that same movement the whole time. And I'm speaking mostly about the musicality, mm-hmm. not the message. I don't focus so much on the message. To me, it's kind of like if you go see a, a, a horror movie, 
if the horror movie didn't have music to match the emotion that the producer and writer is trying to convey on screen that you're visualizing, the visual isn't as impactful without it. So when you're having the lyrics and the music doesn't impact you the way that the lyrics do, you don't care about the music. And to me, that when I write a song, I want the music to match the same intensity and emotional uh, output as my lyrical content. Yeah. In fact, one of the things that I love to do personally is to take a, a lyric, write the lyric first, and then write the music around the lyric. And a lot of musicians, they do it the reverse. They'll have a musical passage, you know, whether it's just a specific phrase or a chorus, a verse, and then they, they put words to that music. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of musicians like, I don't know, you never really get to see the behind the scenes all the time of how they get to make their music and stuff right. like that. Yep. Um, I think there are more talented people out there like uh, Ed Sheeran, for example, who may write his lyrics out before he even begins to to do music. But, you know, I think the biggest problem with a lot of musicians and a lot of people who are in that industry is they're tied down to their companies, their label companies and stuff like that. And they get told when they can release music, when they, what kind of music they can come out with and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that's the business end of it. And that's why a lot of people just don't like it and how the interweb, if you will, has really expanded the musicians that you can hear, like YouTube. YouTube is amazing. MySpace, when it was like real popular, was like the platform for independent artists to really put themselves out there and showcase what they're capable of doing without any direction from a label, from a manager, from a producer that's telling them, well, that style of writing that you did is not going to work. So we're going to change your song and we're going to make it flow like this because that's what people want to hear. And it's like bullshit. You know, people want to hear like nowadays because they want to, to follow the message. They want to know what's going on within the context of the song. They want to know the heart of the artist, what you're speaking about, you know, and they're, you're able to on that level be more intimate and vulnerable with your audience because you can give them more details behind the scenes of where that song is coming from, where the heart of that song comes from. Was it people know about Taylor Swift that, you know, a lot of her hits were written about uh, certain experiences in her life, whether it was a relationship with, uh, you know, a boyfriend or relationship with management or another artist. I mean, she writes some pretty stuff that's out there. And I mean, I, I'm a fan of hers because she's vulnerable and willing to do those types of things. Plus, I think she's pretty inventive with herself. Like every album, it's like she sounds a little different, Yeah, which absolutely. is good. And uh, Ed Sheeran, I think, is kind of doing the same type of thing. Like when he first started out his earlier material was almost very uh, folk pop meets hip-hop, you know? So it's developed over uh, his career in being a street 
artist and he's still able to do everything that you hear on his albums live all by himself. Yeah. So I, I give the guy mad props and, and I love the way that he develops his songs. He actually has songs that have verses, have choruses, have bridges that have breakdowns that have like total movements from classical type stuff, but he incorporates it into today's sound. And I, I just, I look up to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's gonna be either, it's going to be, there are very few artists who still do it and it's either a dying thing or it's a thing that's going to rise. It's going to be on the uprise. I mean, if you look at him and Taylor Swift, there are some of the most overplayed artists nowadays i think i was on spotify the other day or i was on spotify the other day not i think um he had a song that has been streamed over a billion times that's one seventh of the world now that's not saying that a billion people have had the opportunity it's just been streamed that many times that's crazy yeah that's absolutely crazy same person could have played it like a billion times times, yeah exactly and i listen i've listened to the song perfect i've listened to the song shape of you probably over hundreds of times okay Mm. so i'm definitely part of that different versions of those same songs. yeah exactly and i think that that's that's also what makes music so beautiful is is it can become very addictive. There are certain songs that speak to people that are just so good. One Republic just came out with a song three days ago that's called Rescue Me, and it's it's amazing. I love it. It's yeah. it's a really good song. Well, have you heard the new song with Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber? No, I haven't. And I, I have to tell you, I listened to it the other day. I am totally not impressed with it. Um, it sounds like somebody threw this out to him and said, here, I want you guys to work together and this is what we want you to do. Cause it sounded so contrived, didn't sound creative in, in my listening, you know, and I, I tried to give it a good listen without being too judgmental. Cause I really, I'm not a huge fan of Justin Bieber. I think that he's very, very keen on being pop over the top pop stuff. And he's no longer the teenage idol. Yeah. He, he's now in his 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he should tend to mature beyond that stage. And it's like he keeps trying to redo those same things. So, I mean, for me and I personally, I think every time I he's like dabbled it. out of it, I mean, every time he's done something similar to Taylor Swift, like when he made those breakup songs and when he does that, that's when he gets popular. And it's not poppy. I think one of the songs that he made... um, <clears throat> Jeez, my memory fails me. Um, yeah, it, it fails me. But it's one of those. It's one of those breakup songs. It's one of those songs where he's getting more vulnerable and he's really over. Are you talking about the song where he says, um, "My mama don't like you, but she likes everyone"? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that song. It's it, it's towards Selena Gomez. Like that whole song is towards her. It's it's a uh, go love yourself. I think mm-hmm. it's something about love yourself. But you know that's not what he intended to write. Well, but he he made it more radio play ready yeah i mean i think i think that that's what they're ultimately like i said like the the label companies the producers the executives behind the decisions being made are like listen you're going through this stuff you're this girl is pissing you off what can you say about it what can you do the media wants it the media is talking about i think that that has such a huge influence over some of the songwriters nowadays and i'm sorry i love the fact that i can't name i think i think 
Taylor Swift made a song about Ed Sheeran and Ed Sheeran made a song about Taylor Swift. But for the most part, at least with Ed Sheeran, when he writes love songs or breakup songs, you don't know who the heck he's talking about. It's right. not about that. It's right. about it's about the story. I mean, when I listen to the song that he made, um, Happier, which is a song, it's like, you look happier with another guy. Like, dude, it's, 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 that's not something that you hear nowadays. That's totally right. That's not about your different. pain, absolutely, your anguish. absolutely. It's so not he, about he's matured me. beyond yes. the relationship. That's what the song is about. Yes, of course. But of course, in the song, he also says that if you would ever give me a chance again, I would take. And I think, I think that that's beautiful. The song has brought me to tears multiple times because I've felt that. I yeah. have felt that because I have matured beyond my feelings towards a situation right. with with a relationship where it's just as long as you're happier, please continue to. And if you can get to a point where we could ever talk again or we could ever be friends again or whatever, please let me know. Like I think I think the song is just beautiful. And that's the way that I interpret it. I know some people probably interpret it as I still love you. Please come back to me. I'm waiting for you, and here you are happier with another person, and I need to be happier for you. I don't... I, that's not the way I view it, because that's just right. not the way I view it. But it's one of those... It's not your interpretation. Absolutely. And I think I think that that's, that's partially what makes music, the art of music, so beautiful and so resonant with with people. Even Even the kids nowadays, it is very, very resonant. So, you know, speaking of music being part of your life, I mean, I know that you like to go to the gym, you like to work out and stuff. And, and I know that when you go to the gym, you've got your, your phone with your ear, your, your earbuds yeah. and everything. So it helps to inspire you to push you harder than you would if it weren't yeah. there. And it's crazy. I think a lot of guys might agree with this, maybe not, but I think I think at least as a guy, I either listen to hard like trap rap, like gangster stuff, like I'm going to mm-hmm. kill you, blah blah blah, or I'm listening to heavy metal cuz that's what works with me. That's what gets me like I'm when I'm in the gym, I'm a viking who's rowing across the ocean and I'm right. pushing myself to get you to the island I'm going like to. Something like Sevenfold. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I need I need that 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 oomph in my workout. Um, but as of lately, what, I haven't What was been, that other band you like to listen to? Hollywood Vampires or something? Hollywood Undead. I don't listen yeah. to them anymore. I don't listen to them anymore. They, I, I've, I've, I dislike their new album. I dislike the their attitude that they've had lately. It's just, it's it's not it's not my, my stuff anymore. But... Um, so you've matured. I have. I have matured beyond Hollywood Undead. And I, not that they're a bad band. I, they have a following. They have a they have a pretty good following, and they're not a terrible band. I just I don't like their new album. I I, I think they so got what, off what, on what on is it drama. about there? Is it is it the the lyrics that you're not into? And yeah, I like I liked some of their stuff before, where they had it was about taking over a city. It was like that was one of the themes of their other songs. I liked that song because when I would go and I would listen to it, it would be like, "Yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna take over the city." I don't think that they have anything like that in their new in their new stuff. Their new stuff is, I mean, they're they're getting older. They're in their thirties. A lot of them have or forties. I don't I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just gonna throw that out there. They're older, 
and they've got families, man. Right. That changes you. That makes you not want to go out and say, let's take over this. Like, okay, maybe we well, should I think be that's a little kind bit of like what happened with like Metallica. Metallica has matured over the years. I mean, how are they not going to mature? Yeah, I think, I think, and that's, that's something that there are some bands that are like that classic, you know, rock, metal type stuff that they'll never mature. Just because they'll never get over where they started from, and they don't want to, they're they're still tied to a label that keeps them grounded to that specific style of writing or whatnot. Like you know, if Motley Crue were to come out with a new album, I'm sure it would still be about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Same thing with Kiss. Everything that they've written is all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And the off chance song that they may have a ballad about. You know, like Beth, which is a song about, you know, you're in the band and you're calling your wife and letting her know, you know, I'm still at the studio with the guys, can't come home right now. I miss you a whole lot, blah, 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 you know, but most of their songs are all about, you know, when am I going to get the next girl and you know, you want me and I'm going to rock your world and then let's rock and roll all night and party every day, you know, that type of stuff. You know, today the music is totally, totally more radical. Like it's it's more in oh, tune yeah. with Pop what Molly, is do, do smoke weed, uh, drink all the time. You know, I think I think that that the whole idea that in our society we like to push these things that look glamorous. It's very easy to get caught inside the trap of continuing to taking a drug, continuing to drink, and stuff like that. This is not really even a conversation about music. This is just, it's glorifying... A lifestyle. Yeah, and it's not a healthy lifestyle. Anyone right. can anyone can tell you that. Anyone who's in that lifestyle long enough, sure, it's fun in the moment, but you're waking up every morning with your head pounding, uh, mess up your lips, whatever the case may be, yeah. or, you know, cotton mouth, whatever. Like, there are, there are things that happen due to the party lifestyle. There are repercussions for living that kind of lifestyle. And that's that's what's never talked about. That's what's never talked about in the right. music because it's not the glamorous side of it. Well, I think there are artists out there that, that will broach that. Oh, absolutely. It's just not It's nowhere popular. near as popular. Yeah, that's what I like about an artist called Ollie. He's a rather indie artist. He's He's picking up some pace. But he's 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 a uh, I've I've shown you him. He's yeah. more of like a poetic rapper. He's not yeah. necessarily a rapper. He just he rhymes and he 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 talks about life. He talks about relationships. He talks about why is, do is we he, live in a society is he, where is he the guy that that kind of sounds like he gets angry sometimes? No, that is NF. Okay, NF yeah. gets really angry and yeah. he's very serious. And I, I mean, love him. Yeah, NF NF reminds me <laughs> of. Uh, Eminem yes. on steroids. Yes, that's that's him. He's a much more radical Eminem, and I think that that's I don't I don't know if I would compare the two because of the way that well, style wise. No, I'm just oh, saying gosh, you know no. Eminem always has that you know he's got, yeah, he's got that, that growly. That, it's yeah. like he's not really speaking or 
as as the the term goes, rapping. He's not rapping. He's he's growling about whatever's going on in his head. Yeah, exactly. And he he gets that emotion out when he raps. And there's something about that that's very captivating. At least for me, I know that you're you're not the biggest fan of rap, but it's it's something where if I can hear someone hit that rhyme to that beat and they're getting a point across, man, there's something so. Well, I think for me, it's it's more it's more about their inflections of the words. It's like sometimes it's hard for me to discern what they're saying uh, because their inflections are are like it doesn't sound like the word they're trying to say. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I totally get that, especially in in some of the harder trap rap. It's 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 more difficult to. to Well, because they're trying to make things sound like it's rhyming, but it shouldn't rhyme, but they're forcing it to try to rhyme. Yeah, I think it happens sometimes, but people have also gotten way better about not ha- allowing that. Yeah. Well, I, I think music in general can can work in in any environment. I mean, whether you're in an elevator, you know, with the typical oh, elevator yeah. music. Do, 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 do. Exactly. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you go to a nightclub and you go... Yeah, so, you know... And even like I, I play at church almost every weekend, play guitar uh, or bass, whichever is needed for that week. But I find that, you know, music is so emotive. It, yeah. it brings people to a certain state of mind. In Absolutely. fact, I was just reading about this, that the, uh, the grocery store called Aldi's, which I like to shop at here where we live, there is no music playing. And that is intentional. They don't want people to hang around, whereas most other stores you go into, they want you to linger. They want you to impulse buy and get it in and out. But what about, I mean, I've never heard music at like Walmart or Publix. I don't know. I've never heard music there either. I think it depends on where you're at. Where you're at, yeah. We'll have to pay attention when we go to North Carolina and stuff like that. We'll have to well, be really, really Publix, perceptive. there's music. I mean, you you worked at BurgerFi for a little while, and there was music playing oh, there. there. Was always there's music, music playing Fi. at the, the place you work at now. There's music at my office where I work. So music is not just background noise. It's designed intentionally, especially by big business, to motivate people to do certain things. Oh yeah, that's like like the whole the whole nightclub thing. The little yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, it's it's uh, and and that that is an art form to be able to do that as a DJ. Yeah. that works in one of these nightclubs to be able to have a flow from one song to the next, and even though the original track doesn't match the beats per minute, they can alter it. You know, like kind of mashing oh, up like, songs. like, you know, like the late night DJing where they f- yeah. mix songs. I mean, I think that that's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's That's when, mm-hmm. like, if I was ever on the way home from Jupiter Farms really late at night and stuff like that, if you turned on the radio, just the normal radio, it was really cool to hear right. what kind of mashups well, they Well, it's do. like you and I had, had tried working on this mashup with Ed Sheeran's Perfect and... Uh, Stand By Me. Stand By Me, yes. Because they use the same chord structures... They're kind of uh, six, eight time, both of them, or three, four time. Um, so they both work together. The only thing that was difficult was the melody lines because Stand By Me is almost like a little more reggae-ish type sounding where the inflections are 
not necessarily on the beat. And Ed Sheeran's Perfect is more on the beat. So it was hard to to mash those two together. I mean, yeah. it could be done. Yeah, absolutely. Someone could definitely do that. Shout out to anyone who can do that. That'd be dope. Hey, there's some pretty talented people out there. I used to be involved with uh, Sony Acid uh, program, and they have their own website for their artists, and they had competitions and stuff going all the time. I've entered a few, but nothing ever gained very much popularity because yeah. that's not my shtick. <laughs> um, but there are some really talented people. Like They'd give you certain loops to use, and you could have free reign with rearranging, adding stuff to it, whatever you wanted to do, and just some of the things people would come up with and how different they sound, even though you're using the same basic structure underneath, it was just mind-blowing. Like, how do people get that creative? It's like if you were to be an artist that has a palette, you've got a slate that's not totally clear, or white or blank but you've got to use whatever's on the background and create something original using that that's basically what they're doing they're able to take what is there retexture it add to it because uh, you can't take away whatever is there you got to use but you can redefine it mm -hmm. if you will yeah so i think that's pretty cool you know from an artistic standpoint so you know, music also has a big impact on us, not just emotionally, but psycho psychologically. In fact, there's a, some studies out there that uh, I think the scientific term is called neuromusicology. And I think you and I had looked into that a little bit. I had printed some stuff out about it. And I don't really want to get too deep into it. But it's really cool. If you if you want to look into that yourselves, listeners, you will be surprised at the science behind what music does to the individual's psyche, how it can impact. You know, going, again, you go to the movies, you watch a, a commercial, or you're watching a TV show, or you're going to listen to this podcast, and the intro without any music or background going on, uh, it's, it's pretty bland and it has no excitement. So most podcasts or YouTube videos, whatever you add stuff to it to make it more enticing, to make it more oomph, you know, you, you want to have a little bit more spice and it, and music adds that. Yeah, absolutely. I completely, I completely agree. I think with a lot of things even if it's an intro and it's only just like a, a joe rogan <laughs> uses just a one strum of a guitar for the beginning of his his uh, or maybe not maybe it's a couple strums i don't know but it's very short it's like three seconds yeah if that i mean it's very short-lived shortcut but it's the introduction for the jre podcast mm -hmm. or at least the the clips that he 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 makes on the side of like important topics that right. are that are go on during his podcast because his podcasts are like two hours long three hours long sometimes and sometimes longer sometimes longer yeah i think his longest is five four or five but i also think they were intoxicated so yeah he's pretty insane <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think it would i well, think I mean, he, he does have some interesting topics and interesting 
uh, guests on there. Oh yeah, I mean he he's got he's got a lot of people on there who are very interesting, and I think that that's what makes this whole podcasting thing so unique. I really do because it allows people to not have some jerk who's behind the scenes flipping cards telling people what to say right and also like at least i i was talking to this with someone that i work with shout out to marshall um that it's it's more genuine because listen there are days where on 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 certain podcasts like people are just not having a good day you ever you ever just watch jimmy fallon and you just wait for the day where he's he's not that like he's not Jimmy. Jimmy Fallon's always bright smiles and 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 uh, this is gonna be a great episode. We have this guest here and blah, blah blah blah. Dude, there are days when I swear to you, he's got to want to be like this douchebag is on today. <laughs> it, there's there's totally got to be moments. Well, where... I think I think that comes down to the whole mindset, Absolutely. you know, with with what you're doing for your for your living for for what what you're in the moment at. You know, it, it comes down to perspective. So whether or not you really enjoy being in somebody's company or not, you're still able to bring yourself to a point where you can smile, you can engage, you can act uh, for other people like you're totally into them. But that doesn't mean you have to like them. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. My, my point being is that people have bad days and the podcasting Every allows single one of us the has the ability to portray that. That, you know, hey, I'm not feeling that great today. Just going to throw it out there before the podcast starts or whatever. But this is this is all just a little off topic of, of what we're going for. <laughs> but I'm, but, just, you I'm know, just stating that. Like, it's, it's to, a very... To bring that full circle is, is that, you know, musicians that have a bad day. I mean, I'll throw one name out there that I know of that he's very uh, inconsistent and that is a, a guitarist by the name of Jeff Beck. And, and please don't get me wrong, any Jeff Beck fans out there, I'm a huge fan of his. But when he's having an off day or an off night, it shows. It's like he can't fake it. He plays so emotionally that if he's not into what he's doing at that given moment on an emotional level, he can't fake it. He just is not that type of musician. He's not that type of an artist. It's like he can't get himself to a place to make himself believable. But when he is on, he is brilliant. It's like he can just come up with the most unbelievable phrasing on a guitar. And as a guitarist, I appreciate that more than I could explain explain in words. It's difficult to get yourself to a place to try and be creative, uh, to come up with a musical phrase that kind of, uh, that explains the emotion that you're feeling at that moment. And I love to try to do that. I love being improvisational with playing with other musicians. You learn a lot from playing with others. It's kind of like having a conversation with somebody that you've never talked to before and you start going into deeper and deeper things. So the more you're playing musically, the more you're expressing on a musical level with each other. Uh, so to me, music is a lot like having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Concur. Mm, yes. <laughs> so what music, I mean, if you were to sit down and say, 
you know, well, this this type of song or this style of writing or uh, this really speaks to me more than anything else. What would that be for you? That poetic rap stuff that really gets me, man. That gets me to a place that not a whole lot of other music can. Um, I like the trap rap and heavy metal for working out because honestly, when I go to the gym, I want to kill someone. I want that, like, and I'm not just saying that because, like, that's, it's my attitude. It's, 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 I'm here to kick ass. Like, I'm here to get the best workout that I can possible in the, in a short amount of time. And, and Mm -hmm. you know me, I tend to sometimes really kill myself when I'm in there. But uh, for the most part, I, I really, I enjoy that. But to speak to me, to enjoy, to, to, to find the heart in the, I love the poetis the poeticism, I guess you could say like how poetic it is. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that rap stuff, like my one of my favorite a- artists is definitely that guy I was talking about, Ollie. I-, I love him. If you've never heard of him, go check him out. He's 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 an awesome artist. He's very interesting out there. O L L I E. And he's he's got he's got some very important things to say about our society, how we treat things how how crazy our mindsets are just he's 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 out there and it's very interesting because he's not he's not just making music for money he's not just doing he he's he's there to get give his message out and to explain his experience one of these uh sony branded artists yeah he's totally independent totally independent a message same thing with nf same thing with nf is very independent he's 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 gotten multiple calls from label companies asking him to come, and he's just, I'm not ready for fame yet. I don't want that yet. Not cool. He's got millions of streams on his songs already, and he's an independent artist. It's eye-opening. you got to understand that, that, that that's that's super-duper eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And at one, NF's more pop, one of his more popular songs <clears throat> is Let You Down, and I, I'm not a huge fan of that song, but th- I, they played it on the radio all the time. Because it's yeah. a song about I'm sorry that I let you down. I try not to let people down, so if I do, I'm I'm pretty apologetic about it. But I don't allow it to happen as much as to allow a song to integrate into my heart like that. So I yeah. couldn't really relate to that. So I mean, for me, uh, the type of music that speaks to me uh, emotionally is either like like I I'm, I'm a huge fan of musically like ACDC. It's very primitive uh, rock blues rock so i really like that style um but i also like very melodic instrumental more progressive type stuff like dream theater so it's got a little harder edge sometimes but it always comes down and then builds up so it's got a lot of emotion within it it's kind of like watching a marvel movie (laughs) but you're you're just on like an audible journey so let's see. I was thinking about where music within media has really changed a lot. And I think some of this reality TV stuff has pushed what we're expecting from artists to a different place. So much so that if you just randomly search different people that you've never seen before, like on YouTube, you see what they're trying to do. Um, they're all, they're all imitating each other and it's not reality. It's, there's no creativity in that. It's like 
they just want to be little clones of Taylor Swift or uh, Ed Sheeran or you know whatever artist is popular you, at the have moment. Have you noticed that as soon as one of these artists who are super duper like off the cuff, Billie Eilish, have you ever seen her? Have you ever heard I, her? I have. Yeah. Holy dude, she's not. She's totally different. Do you know every teenage girl that I know eats her music up? Mm-hmm. They love it because it's fresh. It's, it's new. Different. It's different. It's creative. Totally different. And dude, that's awesome. I think that it's totally well, awesome. That's that's the same thing that happened with Ed Sheeran. Nobody was doing that type of stuff that was gaining any radio airplay, and he made it palatable to the general public. And he got a label, a major label, to let him do his thing because he was had such a following, not just on the streets, but on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That, that he got to say, I don't care what you want me to do. This is what I do. This is how I write. And I'm not changing. Yeah, and I know. And I can. he can put out probably at least an album a year. At oh, least. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he I don't think he wants to rush that. I don't think I don't I don't think that he's that type of guy. I think that he really wants to make music that's emotional, that means something. I mean the guy's already a millionaire, billionaire. I mean the, they make so much money. Artists make more money than actors. I mean they're, well, they're impre- the, they make impressive the, amounts The business of money. side of it is like it's not what you think it is. Most of these artists, especially if they're tied to a big label, aren't making the kind of money unless they're a top tier artist. Mm-hmm. They just they don't. That's how the the labels and management tend to lure young aspiring artists into that trap is by saying, oh, well, you, you see what uh, Madonna did over the course of her career. Well, we signed her up, you know, at the beginning and look where she's at now. Well. It's not because of their doing it. It's because she had a lot of other people that were helping her, but the label still made their mint off of artists like her. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, the artists don't generally get a big percentage of the record sales. Most of them get it off of concerts or merchandise. Mm-hmm. And now the music industry has changed and they see that that's happened. And now they want a piece, a bigger piece of that pie. So it's leaving less for the actual artist. Now, then you've who got are these companies who are these like Spotify people? and everything like that That's who right. are milking the crap out of artists even more. They are indeed. You know, I, I mean, uh, I'm in the middle of a, a project with some friends, and once that is done, we're we're totally independent. We are not tied in with any label, any outside management source whatsoever. We're calling our own shots from the get-go. Um, we have a platform that's uh, designed to help other artists. We don't want to be dictated to uh, to steer us away from the dream that we feel like we're all called for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for some of the artists that get sucked into uh, the life and the, uh, the lie that they're going to be taken care of. Uh, they just have to keep producing, produce another one. You know, in five years you need to produce three albums. And if you don't have as much success on follow-up albums, you know, you're always scrutinized and they put you under a microscope, micromanage you and try to change you 
into something that's going to produce money because that's what it's about. It's about money. It's not about the art. It's not about being creative. They just want one thing and one thing only, and that is money. And to kind of sum all that up is if you have a heart for music, if that's what you want to do, if, if that's what you're inspired to do, don't don't chase after that don't chase after or well chase after that (laughs) don't chase after the money don't chase after the physical don't chase after all those things because ultimately you got to chase the happiness aspect of it get your point across say what you need to say create music that's beautiful to you produce it make executive decisions that will allow you to produce the music that you want and never, never sell yourself short and always look for new opportunities to grow and to produce that, that happiness that you deserve. And if music is that passion that you have from both me and my dad right here, pursue it, love it, dream it continue to put effort into it even if it's even if it's only an hour and a half a day if you're a uh, if you've got kids you got work you got everything take an hour and a half out of your day and just 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 work at it work at it even if it's till two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning we we live in a day and age where if you're not pursuing your dreams you're going to be miserable so if music is what you love especially as much as us because we love music we i mean we have guitars everywhere guitars are guitars are a main theme in this house music is a main theme in this house we we use record player um what, what are they called um <laughs> gosh dang it um they're coasters yeah they're coasters there you go they're record player shaped coasters we love music in this household so you just got to pursue that. Pursue what makes yeah, you happy. Yeah, I mean, happy. in in everything that you do, whether you're a musician or a different type of artist or you just want to go out and change people's lives, be passionate about it. Yeah, be ambitious. That's right. You know, and, and the ambition should not be about the success of finances. The, the success of finances will follow suit if your passions are true and pure people people are smart you know most uh artists that come out that that have like an instant success it's because they've got such driving force that passion is evident so they're able to be vulnerable with that side of themselves and people will eat it up if it if it is something that's uh that is palatable they will they will certainly gain success from that Absolutely. So I know there's a lot more involved with music and all that, but I think that for the most part, you know, you you have to decide what what speaks to you. But don't don't shy away from different forms of music just because oh well I don't like country or I don't like rap. I try to be as objective as I can when I listen to stuff. And just because I don't necessarily enjoy most rap. I, I can appreciate what it takes to put together the music and what the heart behind the lyrics are with some of it. You know, like uh, Ollie with the, the stuff that I've heard that you've played for me. 
He is. He's very passionate about it. It's not it's not something that sounds put on. It doesn't sound like a lot of these artists out there that are just trying to be <clears throat> sounding like they're street smart. And that they've been through crap and they've been through nothing. They've been through nothing. They've had, you know, stuff handed to them and they just have been riding the gravy train. And I think that that's sad because they're they're portraying a false image to so many youth out there that think they are the shit and they're not. Absolutely. But that's just my opinion. It happens in all forms of music. I'm not trying to pick on rap. Happens in country, it happens in rock, which is a dying thing, and I, that makes me sad. So you just have to be uh, your own filter with how you hear things. Just try to be objective and enjoy the music for what it is. Yeah, be genuine. Be genuine, people. And yeah, you know, whatever whatever is the theme song for your life, I would like to know what that is. Um, for me, I would have to say... Oh my gosh, there's so many different songs that just speak to me. But instrumentally, I would probably say the one song that um, probably most people don't know. There's an artist by the name of Joe Satriani. He's an electric guitarist and plays mostly instrumental stuff. But he had a song that he wrote that was used in a Sony commercial, and it's called The Summer Song. And to me, it just epitomizes what... Uh, a guitar song should be. So the guitar actually does the singing. There's no lyrics involved. And I just love that track. Uh, go check it out. I think it's cool. The video is kind of lame, but that's because of the time that it was produced. But outside of that, I think the, the song itself is really dope. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a, a, an anthem my life i'm still pretty young that's a very difficult thing for me to say i don't think i'm yeah. <laughs> i'm quite done growing I, I love i love all kinds of music i love all kinds of 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 things uh, that relate to music so um with all that being said we really appreciate everyone who tuned in to today's episode we would love to hear from you leave us a message uh send us a text or you know uh However you want to, we will post it on Facebook. Um, we're on six different platforms with our podcast, um, iTunes. Um, we are on uh, Spotify uh, as well as some others. So we have a website as well. It's matterchatterpodcast.com. Uh, please check it out. And we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in and go turn it up. Have a great day.